0: In just three days' time, the 100th season of the NFL will grace its presence and rain down its heavenly happiness upon us all. For a lot of people, the NFL is a big deal. Um, Football as a sport, to most people, especially if you're in the state of Texas, is a religion. Me personally, football is my favorite sport ever. There's nothing like it. Um, I love just, it doesn't matter if it's college or the pros. I love me some football. Since I could remember, since I was a little kid, I have loved football. I remember days where I would just sit in front of the TV on Sunday and just watch football all day. You know, as a little take. And just you know just watch the gameplay and just watch it all go down and try to you know understand the game listening to John Madden you know talk about plays as he did commentary Monday night football you know Thursday with the uh, you know implementation of Thursday night football it became even bigger and just there's so many moments that we can harp on we can really talk about for for hours for hours. Everybody loves football to some extent. Some people may not give a shit about football. Some people may not even, you know, give a shit about football considering what's been happening in terms of social justice, what's been, what happened with Kaepernick, what happened with the whole Jay Z deal, you know, being part of, you know, NFL. You know, and choosing artists for the Super Bowl and all that. But at the end of the day, football brings people together. We pack stadiums. We sit in bars. We sit at home with our friends or by ourselves. And for at least seven to eight hours a day, maybe 10 hours, if you like to watch Sunday night football. We sit down and just chill and enjoy the game. There are so many moments to think about. You know, the four straight Super Bowls that the Buffalo Bills went to. The New York Giants defeating the Patriots in the Super Bowl to ruin their undefeated season. Every 0-16 team known to man. I'm looking at you, Detroit, and I'm looking at you, Cleveland. Cleveland. And every single year around this time, there's a fever pitch. You no, know, there's there's a little something, you can just feel it in the air that, you know, football has come back to us. The college season had started a little over a week ago with Florida and Miami playing, and that was actually a pretty solid game. Take a water real quick. And now we begin our 100th campaign of the NFL season this coming Thursday when the Green Bay Packers play the Chicago Bears. When you look at it from a fantasy football perspective, that also brings friends together. In a way that as an actual fantasy football player myself, being in a league for the past few years where my best friend plays in it, friends that I've met over the years living in Myrtle Beach um, friends that I've known for 15-20 years and people that I've known for about 5 or 6 some some people I may never meet but it brings us all together in some way shape or form and we know every Sunday, Monday, Thursday and the occasional Saturday we will sit down we will chill, we will sit back whether it be at a bar at a friend's house, at a stadium, and enjoy the game for at least a few hours. Win or lose, we enjoy the game of football. In today's episode, episode five of Outside the Ropes, I kind of wanted to do a little something-something for you guys. I, Y'all know I love to do some predictions. And y'all know I love to make predictions, whether they be uh, absolute. Failure, or the greatest things in sliced bread, because in my mind I think I'm a genius. If you ask me about my pro wrestling picks, the past, I'd say about eight months, eight nine months or so. You'd probably tell me I'm the biggest idiot in the world, but I have got something right. That is true. But what what we're gonna do today? I'm gonna pick every division winner. I'm also gonna pick every wildcard team that's going to enjoy being part of the playoffs I will make my playoff picks and finally end with a Super Bowl champion who I think will win Super Bowl 54 in the 100th season that is the NFL so for all my football fans out there stand up drink in hand and rejoice Because football, in just a few short days, at least in the NFL version of it, is coming back to our lives. This is episode five of Outside the Ropes, and uh, about time we make some damn good picks, shall we? What's going on, guys? Zach from Wrestling With Issues Podcast here, and welcome to Episode 5 of Outside the Ropes. I hope you're enjoying your day so far, and we are literally three days away from the beginning of the 100th NFL season. A lot of people are getting ready for their Final Fantasy drafts. I know I got one tonight in just a few hours. I have not done any, barely any prep whatsoever because I've been kicking ass for you guys on the uh, pro wrestling tip that was a weird flex I don't even want to get into that anyway today we're keeping it light we're keeping it you know chill I'm literally laying on the couch right now if you get to see me on the couch I got my laptop right here on my thighs my phone is literally on my stomach I got my headphones in and there's a Milwaukee Brewers Houston Astros game right now and we're just gonna talk NFL now, we're only we're gonna talk NFL. Mainly, we are gonna talk about picks for the divisional winners, with who I think the wild cards are gonna be this year, who's gonna win in the playoffs, who's gonna to go to the Super Bowl, and who I think will be this year's Super Bowl Fifty Four champion. A lot of people, you know, put their two cents in who thinks gonna win the divisions. There's a, there's a few divisions in the NFL that are pretty much gonna be, you know, locks. And there are some other divisions in the league that, you know, will make you think, maybe? And there's some divisions where it's just it's just, you can't really clear cut figure it out. So let us begin with the AFC. And we're going to start with the AFC East. Now, looking at the standings from last year, New England destroyed everyone in their division, going 11-5, winning by the division by four games to Miami Dolphins, 7-9, Buffalo Bills, 6-10, and the New York Jets with brand-new uniforms this year, last year, and there's end of the year at 4-12 with a three-game losing streak. This one's pretty fucking clear-cut. As long as Tom Brady is slinging that football and is quarterback of the New England Patriots, there is no other way I'm going to say that the New England Patriots are not going to win this division. Your New England Patriots will win the AFC East for shit. I think it's been like, like 10 out of the last 12 or something like that. They have just dominated. And they have, the Dolphins, the Bills, and the Jets have tried everything in their power to even get a sniff of being close to winning the AFC East. There is no way you can tell me that the New England Patriots are not winning this division. 8-0 at home last year. Need to get a little bit better on the road because they were 3-5 last season. 5-1 in the division. Miami, surprisingly, went 4-2. Conference-wise, they went 8-4. Non-conference, they were 3-1. And, and were 3-2 in their last five, unfortunately. But you just can't tell me the Patriots aren't going to win this division. You, you, you just can't. I mean, maybe I, I I'd say if I had to rank it in order of division wise, and this is probably the only division I'm going to like rank in for, um, Miami's now the bottom of the AFCs, given the fact that they've given up Tunsil and Kenny Stills to the Houston Texans. Uh, they've given up. They've traded Kiko Alonso to the Saints. It pretty much states that they are in legitimate rebuild mode. Um, Fitzpatrick is going to be starting quarterback of the Miami Dolphins, which I figured that would be the actual case. Um, Rosen, I just don't think is ready yet. He just started into this new system, and I got—I f- feel for Rosen. I feel—I really do feel for Rosen after, especially after the year he had in Arizona last year. There's a lot of growing pains for the Cardinals with him there. Lincoln Riley then becomes the new coach, and pretty much with a new system essentially oust Rosen out of Arizona, got him the fuck out of there Kyler Murray's now the guy in Arizona we'll get to that when we start talking about the a- NFC West but I'm going to go with the Patriots to win the division I will say followed by the Jets at second the Bills in third and Miami dead last um, Miami's definitely in tank for Tua mode I don't necessarily think that's a good idea I don't necessarily think Tua uh, is, the, is the quarterback that they need. I think if Trevor Lawrence has a great year at Clemson and comes out after his se- the season, I think they would be smart in choosing Trevor Lawrence over Tua Tagovailoa. Getting into the AFC North, and this is probably going to be the one of the two hardest division winners to pick. Because... Well, besides Cincinnati, screw Cincinnati, they're trash. Um, Baltimore actually won the division last year, 10-6. and six. Pittsburgh went 9-6-1. and one. Cleveland went 7-8-1, and one. both their lone ties going against each other in actually week one of the NFL season. The reason I remember that is because I was actually at the Applebee's, which is literally a 10-minute walk from where I live, and I was watching that game with literally a whole group of Steelers fans sitting in one spot, about five or six of them, watching this tie go down, and I literally laughed my ass off for five minutes straight. Um, It was a crazy game, it was hilarious. And in the end, they ended in a tie to which a lot of people thought Cleveland kind of, it's a technical win for Cleveland because they actually, you know, didn't lose. Um, The surprise was the Cleveland Browns. A lot of people um, saw the year prior in the 2018 uh, 2017 season i should say um they actually went from 0-16 to 7-8-1 and now they've really really revamped everything they've already had miles garrett who was their basically one of their leaders on defense that defense is stacked in my honest opinion the offense now got a huge revamp um got nick cheb uh Duke johnson jr Unfortunately, uh, unfortunately now goes to houston they do get Kareem Hunt, and he'll be out for a little while, but I think Nick Chubb can carry the load. With The biggest thing was, of course, the OBJ trade, and a lot of people felt that initially, and initially, this is what I thought. There's a person, there's a lady I work with, Karen, who's a big Steelers fan, and she hates Cleveland with a passion. I told her the day after the OBJ trade came, became official that they just handed the division to the, uh, the AFC North to Cleveland. I'm going to fall back on that a little bit because you got to think now of what Baltimore still has. They still have their offense. Lamar Jackson coming into his, another season, another year wiser. Um, that offense didn't still go and their defense is still pretty damn solid. They didn't win the division last year. They do have Earl Thomas, which kind of makes me sad being a Seahawks fan. Um, I do wish him the best. I wish him a great year because, you know, I don't get salty about, you know, players from my favorite team going to a different team. They've they've done their service in Seattle and it's now for the time for them to do their damn thing somewhere else. As long as it doesn't go to a division rival, I'm cool with it. And I think Thomas is a big addition for the Ravens. I think. Baltimore, is con- it's still to some considered the favorite. I think it's definitely going to be a three-way a triple threat between Ravens, Steelers, and the Browns. I think the Baltimore Ravens are barely going to win the AFC North again. It all is going to. Co- I think it's. I personally think it's going to come down. Baltimore and Cleveland. In the end, Pittsburgh will definitely make their case. Don't sleep on Pittsburgh. They still just because Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell are not there, they do still have James Conner and Juju Smith-Schuster, and that's still a solid, you know, one-two punch. James Conner did really did prove himself last year, Um, and it was a huge fantasy pickup for a lot of people who. At James Conner in their lineups. He played out of his fucking mind last year. Um, And I know that a lot of people in fantasy will definitely be looking to him. Possibly as a solid, as a possible RB1 and a definite RB2 in fantasy. I think personally, if I could get him in my fantasy team, I think I'll be just fine with him as an RB2 slash flex, depending on who else I have in my lineup. I still think the Ravens are going to win the division. Barely. But I'll put Ravens 1, Browns 2, Steelers 3, and Cincinnati is way off at East Bumblefuck. uh, About ready to cry because they're going to get their asses handed to them this year. Starting at week one with my boys, the Seattle Seahawks, at home. Four o'clock. It's going to be glorious. The AFC South is much more wide open than a lot of people think. Houston, Texas. Houston Texans won the division last year with 11 and 5 record. Indianapolis now Andrew Luck less, were 10 and 6 last year. Tennessee 9 and 7, and the Jacksonville Jaguars were 5 and 11. I say this division is the most wide open in the league, not because of Andrew Luck having been forced to retire, and I'll get to that in a second because it really pissed me off when I read, there's a certain report I read I forget who it was but we'll get there in a second the reason I say this division is still wide open is is just because Andrew Luck is not there and Jacoby Brissett is now the quarterback Brissett still has a lot of weapons there and we'll even get into that real quick we'll look into the Colts team Because, honestly, I think they had a solid year last year. They really, really did. And they drafted pretty well this year, if you think about it. They had Rocky Sin in the second round, Ben Ben Ogu, the edge rusher, Paris Campbell. Let me just try to see if I can find the roster. They now have uh, Brian Hoer as their uh, backup, uh, signing a three-year, $12 million deal, which really does help him in in the back end just in case anything goes down. Let me just see if I can find the roster. There we go. Roster death chart. That's what I like to say. Because you can definitely tell a lot about a team by their depth chart. Big time. So in terms of receiver, T.Y. Hilton's going to be the main focus, of course. Jack Doyle. Do not sleep on Jack Doyle. You have Devin Funches now, uh, former Carolina Panther. Um... I I think they could definitely make something work here. Marlon Max coming back. Naheem Hines, definitely a a decent one-two punch. Eric Ebron, also going to be a a solid uh, one-two with him and Doyle playing together. This team can go. This team can definitely go, for sure. Their defense can definitely pick themselves up. I think if if the defense keeps them in games, the Colts definitely have a shot to win this division. Do I think they will? No. They will be fighting for a playoffs uh, wildcard spot for sure. That's not to say that's a bad thing. If, If Brissette can hold the team together and not make too many mistakes, they can contend for the division championship. But make no mistake about it, right now, I just think the Houston Texans are just that much better than everyone else in the division. And we'll talk. We'll look at their roster real quick. I mean, Deshaun Jackson is like is literally the number two quarterback in all of fantasy football, according to uh, ESPN. The one, I, and that's what I'm rocking with this year for my fantasy league. Let me see it, and, and let's look at. And I want to look at their depth chart as well because there's a lot. I'm sure there's a lot of good guys over there. Of course, you know their defense is Smash Mouth, J.J. Watt, and them boys. Of course, DeAndre Hopkins. Um, Kiki Hootie, DeAndre Carter, Will Fuller, Duke Johnson Jr., Carlos Hyde they just picked up, um, Deshaun Watson. You know, they have a lot of weapons on that on the offensive side. Watt, Jonathan Joseph's a beast, uh, Whitney Werselis on the defensive line. They can definitely go, and they can wreak some havoc on the defensive side as well. And I'm going to go. As wide open as I think it's going to be, I'm going to go with the Texans to win the AFC South. Um, will it be closer than the experts think? I think so. Because the team that will try to contend with them will be Tennessee. I think Tennessee can definitely make some noise. Tennessee can make some noise, but not that much. But I will if I had to rank it, I'll go with the same way they had it last year. Texans, Colts, Titans, Jaguars. Um Jacksonville can make a little bit of noise, but I think they don't have enough to contend just yet. And I'm looking, and I'm looking at their depth chart right now because getting Nick Foles, big, big move. That's a boss move, big time boss move. And I love every bit of that. I mean. After Leonard Fournette, Alfred Blue, he's okay. Um, Marquise Lee still is still getting there. D.D. Westbrook is okay. You know, O'Shaughnessy, Jamie, James O'Shaughnessy. I mean, you, I mean that defense though, Saxonville, Ngakwe, Darius, Calais Campbell, Miles Jack, Jalen Ramsey, AJ Boye. They have a lot of they have a lot on defense. It's just that offense, I don't think there's enough for them to contend for an AFC South championship just yet. And I think it'll take a little bit of time for Foles to get acclimated with the offense. There's going to be a little bit of growing pains. So I think they still have a lot of work to do. But right now, I can, I will definitely for say Houston. Wins the AFC South. The AFC West is a two-team race this year, without question. I think the Raiders. I mean, yes, the Raiders did upgrade by getting, you know, Antonio Brown. I mean, Derek Carr adds another weapon to his offense, and we'll look at the, uh, their depth chart real quick. Like I said, you can find you can find out a lot about a team's, you know, a team with depth shark, you know, Antonio Brown, big time Tyra Williams. I think is going to be a, um, it's going to be a quiet riot. Josh Jacobs in the draft, Jalen Richard, you know, he's going to be a definite, you know, beast. It's just makes you wonder about that defense. Vontez Burfik is definitely a name to remember the uh, Clarence Farrell, the guy, uh, Player, the defensive end from Clemson that they drafted in the first round. There's something there. It's just I don't think it's going to be enough for Oakland to win the division just yet. That's not a bad thing, but still a lot of growing pains going forward. But like I said, the AFC West is literally a two team race between KC and the Los Angeles Chargers. Both teams are. Both games between KC and LA were very high powered. Very we're going 60 minutes with this. And there's and, there, and we're gonna shoot out. And we're just gonna have a shootout. Best team wins. With KC, they have just so much, so many weapons on that. Of course, Mahomes being one, and we're gonna let me just get into their depth chart real quick. Tyreek Hill, Demarcus Robinson, Kelsey of course is a beast in tight end. Sammy Watkins, Damian Williams. There's a lot, a lot to work with. There's a lot to deal with, and that defense is just a smash mouth. Of course, Tyron Matthew, Alex Okafor, Frank Clark. You know, that you know, that linebacking core is very solid. On the Chargers side of things, Rivers can still go. Rivers is still one of the best quarterbacks in the league. One of the best quarterbacks to never win a Super Bowl. And that does say a lot about Phillip Rivers. He's a damn good quarterback. Can definitely hold his own in that division. They drafted pretty decently last year. To a lot of people, they probably didn't draft as well. But we'll see. Guy. Of course, they still have Keenan Allen, Travis Benjamin. Philip Rivers, of course, a quarterback. Austin Eckler. And I think they're going to... Their, their Achilles heel on offense is going to be running back. With the whole Melvin Gordon situation, him holding out, wanting... You know, a bigger deal, wanting that Ezekiel Elliott, Todd, Todd Gurley deal. Um, once Todd Gurley got his money, Melvin Gordon felt like he has done enough to get that same money. Do I think he has? Yeah, I do. But him not being there and him holding out to get that contract really does hurt LA. Always has, always will. It hurts a lot. And until Melvin Gordon comes back, I don't think that offense is going to run the same. Eckler is a good running back, but he's a solid, you know, change of pace back, as preferred, you know, as preferred as a starting running back, getting a majority of the carries. You know, Eckler's more of a third and short. Um more of a passing running back as opposed to a, and that's not to say he can't run the ball, the boy can run the ball I've seen flashes of him and I had him on my fantasy team last year he's a great flex player but not as a RB1, RB2 kind of guy, you know what I mean he's going to have to shoulder the load until Gordon either gets his deal or decides to sit out And that does not help the Chargers in anything. And I'm gonna check out their first four games. Just to see where they're at in terms of, you know, who they're gonna play. Let me see let me boot this up real quick. Get into their schedule real fast. Okay, regular season schedule, please. Thank you. I know bad bad podcasting, but sometimes you got to let stuff load. So their first four games, they can easily go three and one. They have Indianapolis at home in the home opener. They have Detroit in Detroit. Houston, I think, is going to be the slip up. Possibly that's going to be a really good game. Possible playoff matchup in the future. And then Miami in Miami. That's their first five. They can definitely go three and possibly a three-and-one, four-no and, one, four and o situation. Looking at their next four, Denver, Pittsburgh, Tennessee, and Chicago. They can definitely at that point, once we hit halfway, they can be in a six-and-two situation. Now, the thing is, they're the most of the divisional games are on the back half of the season. Their final literally eight games. Let see. Green Bay at Oakland, home against KC, actually home game in Mexico City, Denver in Denver, Jacksonville, Minnesota, Oakland at home, and then KC in the finale. So they don't have they don't play a single divisional opponent until week 10. that's gonna be a crazy cra- actually no yeah they don't play well they play their first opponent Denver on October on October 6th they don't they don't finish their the rest of their divisional games until starting on November 7th where literally five of your last seven are gonna be against divisional opponents. And after the Green Bay game, it's literally divisional, divisional, divisional. That's going to be a very, very tough go. And if they if they slip once to KC, they lose that division. And I'm going with the KC Chiefs to win the AFC West. It's going to be close. It's definitely going to be like a what? As probably won't be 12 and four tie like it was last year. But I think it'll be like a 12 and four, 11 and five deal where it will stand. So, just to make sure. I think I went straight chalk. Yeah, I went straight chalk. Like, I did, like Pretty much those teams who won last year, I'm going with repeat winners. I'm going with New England to win the East, Baltimore to win the North, Houston to win the South, and KC to win the West. As far as my wild cards go, and I can only have two, Chargers are definitely going to be one. I'll definitely put them in the five. The sixth spot, and it doesn't really matter five or six, it doesn't really matter, but in terms of my wild cards, I'm definitely going to go with the Chargers to have a wild card spot, and I'm going to take a flyer. I am going to take a flyer and say the Browns are going to be in the playoffs this year. I think that offense, what Baker Mayfield can do as a quarterback, what he did before OBJ came into the fold, I think and their de- i think their defense is coming out along very well. I think, you know I think that passing offense is gonna, is going to cause havoc cuz you're going to have to if you have to double OBJ, you're going to leave Landry one on one. You have Injoku, still. You have Nick Chubb. You have a lot of you have a lot of talent on that Cleveland offense. And I think they can do more than enough. To win, to win a lot of games and make a lot of people con- like really believe that Cleveland is back. Now, the, now the one thing I will I will say is that you know a lot of people are giving them so much more hype. I mean, me personally, originally, I gave them a lot of hype. I said they were going to win the AFC North. I kind of then I remembered, oh wait, Baltimore still in the division, Pittsburgh's still in the division. They got to play those games. They got to make sure they handle that I still think Cleveland will get to the playoffs I don't think Pittsburgh will make it this year I think this could be a down year for the Steelers 9-7 and 8-8 eight and eight type deal I think they're going to have a, a good amount of growing pains they're going to miss Antonio they're going to miss Le'Veon and the, and the brunt of the offense is going to be on the shoulders of Connor and Smith-Schuster to produce like they did last year but now Connor's going to get more of a, a full season ahead of him and there's still a lot of games. There's, I mean, that Charger game is going to be a tough game for Pittsburgh. That's going to be one game I think they're going to slip up on. I think Cleveland has enough to make it to the wild card. I don't think they will win the division just yet. But I think they can win enough games to get into a wild card spot. A 10-6, 9-7 record um, will definitely... I, I think nine wins is the benchmark for the AFC that can get you as easily in the playoffs. Most times... It's usually ten, and as you can see with, and if you even look on the website at NFL.com, um, you know Kansas City won the division with twelve. New England won with ten. Uh, Baltimore won with ten. You know Indianapolis made the playoffs with ten. So it could be ten wins get you ten wins may be the mark to get you in the playoffs. It could win the division. It can get you in a wild card spot. But I think nine or ten, nine seven. record in the AFC will get you in the playoffs. And I'm going to go with Cleveland and LA to make it in as wild cards. So we're going to take a short break, check out from our sponsor, and then we're going to get into the AFC divisional winners and wild cards. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. back to episode 5 of Outside the Ropes. Continuing on with our divisional winners, wild card picks, we can move to the NFC. Last year was a wild, wild year for the NFC. I think probably maybe the most competitive. I've seen it in a while, which I appreciate for sure. And I'm just going to go conference on it. Because, like I said, I just love the... I'm an I'm a NFC guy. Excuse me. I, appreciated the, I appreciate the NFC. Every playoff team besides Philly, of course, because they're a bunch of bums, <laughs> pretty much went 10 wins. And I still think it's going to be one of those... Nine and you got it's gonna take nine definitely to get in. There will not be an 8-8 team getting into these playoffs. So let's start with the NFC East. A lot of people have been saying Philly, people have been saying Dallas, people have been laughing at the Giants for choosing Daniel Jones at number six. The draft. And people like me pretty much saying you know they should have drafted Haskins because I think he would be a better fit for the team and he and Sigmund Barkley and Sterling Shepard can definitely have something special had Haskins got drafted to New York. Unfortunately for the Giants they now have to deal with him for the next decade because he got drafted to Washington a little bit later on in the first round of the draft. The biggest news coming out of the NFC East, of course, is the Zeke Elliott holdout. He wants to be paid. He wants to be pretty much one of the top five. Biggest. uh, He wants to be top five running back in the league in terms of pay. I don't fault him for that. I really don't. Because, well, I know he wants his money. He's he's had a very good couple of years. I'm not going to lie about that. But I think now is not the time to be asking for an extension or more money in your contract given the fact that, you know, the Eagles can still beat you. It's going to be a two-team race in the East. I don't think the Redskins have enough to win the East, nor do the Giants. Um, Cowboys went 10-6 last year. Eagles going 9-7. The Redskins went 7-9, and and the Giants round out the division at 5-11 last season. Which many Giants fans that I know, including my mother, were not happy with. It was a bad campaign for the Giants, but they are a non factor We will not include them as such. It's going to come down to Dallas and Philly again. And I know the Dallas Cowboys have a good amount of talent on their team. I mean, they've got they brought back uh, Jason Witten came back for uh, for another for a year um, as the feature tight end. They still have Tony Pollard, and from what I'm hearing, he's as advertised, he's a good running back, but he's not Ezekiel Elliott. Dak Prescott, of course, one of the better quarterbacks in the league, for sure, without question. I'm not gonna. I mean, they have one of the best offensive lines, excuse me, in the in the division, if not in the league. So they can keep Prescott upright. But the receiving core is what really concerns me the most. After Amari Cooper, there's not really that many names besides maybe Tavon Austin. That really get me gung ho about the Cowboys winning the division. Um, It just doesn't. I I would like. I really would want to see Dallas win the division. Um, Just given Prescott, Amari Cooper, and Zeke Elliott, but with Zeke Elliott out, and you know that does create a little bit of a, a little bit of a little you know interesting situation here in Dallas. In terms of Philly, the big news that I would basically say they got was the return of Deshaun Jackson to the offense, and they have a good amount of, you know, they got, of course, Jordan Howard, Carson Wentz, you know, coming back, for coming back. Darren Sproles is still there, Miles Sanders, the running back from Penn State, the reason I know that is because that's my boy from Penn State, and he was a great addition to Philly. I think, just, just me personally, and of course, Zach Ertz, you can't forget about Zach Ertz. And I, I just think they have a better it's the defenses that really do it for me. I love defenses. I love smashing out defenses. I love, you know, when they can get out the quarterback with interesting schemes and, you know, all that stuff to fool quarterbacks out of their britches. But looking at that, looking at the weapons that Dallas and Philly do have. Looking at the defenses that Dallas and Philly do have. I will lean towards the Eagles, much to the delight of my sister and her dude, and their two kids, and there's three kids, I should say, um, to win the NFC East. It will be a close race like it was last year between Dallas and Philly. I just think in the end, Eagles. the Eagles have a little bit more to offer and I think they can definitely close out games Um, 10 wins will get you this division in the East but it's going to be a long road I really do think Philly can win this division Um, and this is the same thing with the Melvin Gordon situation, the longer that Zeke Elliott sits out and it's only Pollard does not produce at running back, that adds more leverage for Ezekiel Elliott that's the major key right now That's the big key. If the Cowboys start losing and Pollard doesn't do what he's supposed to do, Elliott has leverage. If somehow, someway, the Dallas Cowboys start winning, then Elliott may want to come back sooner rather than later because, well, Elliott may be missing out. But right now, with what we have at this very moment, I'm going to go with the Eagles to win the NFC East. The NFC North, very interesting. The Bears running away with the division last year, winning by three and a half games, 12-4. Minnesota, 8-7-1. Green Bay, 6-9-1, a very bad year for the Packers. And Detroit, as usual, in last place in the North, 6-10. Now, I'm not going to say Minnesota's winning this division because they're not. They have gotten better. They did have a what I felt was a pretty decent draft from them. Um, with you know, Garrett Bradbury showing up, you know, in the offensive line at center, Irv Smith, um, who was a highly touted tight end um coming out of, coming out of the draft, Alexander Matheson on the third round. I thought that was a really good pickup. I think it's what's going to come down to his schedule for the division and we'll take a look at that in a second but i just want to look at you know what their oh that's not nice the vikings 2019 unofficial depth chart will be updated tomorrow well that doesn't help my cause nor does it help your case to actually think i'm going to kick y'all to win the division but they did they just did sign josh doxson um i think it's a decent pickup to help out with their offense I mean, you got to think they got Stefan Diggs. They've got Kyle Rudolph. Madison now is back there running the ball. Adam dealing in the slot. They can definitely do a lot of damage on the offense. That defense, though, is what's going to concern. You. That's that's always the biggest thing. Can the defense keep your opponents from scoring? Because your offense can do it for you. No problem. It's not an issue. But with Chicago's defense being touted as one of the best in the league right now, with what Trubisky has, and we'll go over that in a second, with what Trubisky has on offense, you you would think I'd want to lean Chicago. And I do. I mean, they had a really good draft. They had, you know, David Montgomery in the third round. Yeah, they didn't do really a lot in the draft in terms of that, they, they didn't get to pick it to the third round. So let's get that out there. And they had a couple decent picks. You know, David Montgomery, uh, Riley Ridley, Duke Shelley, the cornerback. But I just think they... I think it might be a little too much for the rest of the division to handle. And they get that opening night start against the Packers. At home, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, Taylor Gabriel, he was an actual sleeper last year, Cordero Patterson, uh, Trubisky still, I think is going to do well for himself. Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller, Tari- Tariq Cohen. They can definitely do some damage. They can definitely do some damage. That easily makes my choice for the, the NFC North division champion to be the monsters of the midway, the Chicago bears. Do I think they're going to win it by three and a half games? I think they'll win by at least three. I think it win at least three. It all depends on if Minnesota can step up. I don't think Green Bay um, is going to be doing enough. Detroit never does enough because they don't know how to draft to save their lives. And they've pretty much ruined their franchise beyond repair for at least another decade. Much to dismay of, of my friend and, fantasy, and my fantasy league commissioner, uh, my boy Teddy. And shout out to my boy Teddy. I won't be late for the draft tonight, I promise. Getting into the NFC South. The class of the division is none other than the New Orleans Saints. Of course, they won with a 13-3 record, running away from the division uh, by literally six games. Atlanta, 7-9. Carolina, 7-9. Tampa Bay, 5-11. And And this is going to be an easy one. New Orleans is winning this division. Without without a doubt. Breeze. Camara, Thomas. Yeah, added Kiko Alonso to their defense, which is already was someone I think is an underrated defensive team. And I'm a, let's just let's just get more into their depth chart. I think New Orleans is is definitely I say I think New Orleans is a definite favorite in the NFC. I think a lot of people really aren't talking about New Orleans the way. They should. They had a really, really—I mean, 13 and three, and winning the division by six games is nothing to sleep—nothing to sleep about. you—you you, you just can't. If you look at that, and you're thinking, "Damn, six games, six games ahead of everyone else." Now, 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 just look at that, Alvin Kamara. You got Latavius Murray. You got him coming from uh, Minnesota, Ted Ginn Jr., who I think is a slept-on uh, slot receiver. Uh, Traquan Smith, I think it was a big pickup for them. Jared Cook is a very solid tight end, uh, formerly of the Oakland Raiders. Michael Thomas, of course, just got his bag, so you know he's going to be balling out like crazy. They're going to keep Drew Brees upright, and Drew Brees is still one of the best arms in the league without question. Atlanta still has some stuff. They still got some things. They, of course, have Julio, you know... Ridley, Devontae Freeman. I just think it's gonna be a little bit too much for them to handle to try to get past New Orleans and win the NFC South. Carolina has issues. I think they have a, I mean, yes, you have McCaffrey, and that's all well and good. Cam Newton is an injury prone now. He just got off of a, just got off of injury on his on his midfoot injury, actually. And, and that does say a lot. Now, there's no injuries reported going into the year, which is good. You want everyone healthy. Cam Newton did say he is going to start week one. You know, DJ Moore, he can do some things. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, of course, Fide, top three fantasy player. Greg Holston, still one of the uh, one of the better tight ends in the league, you know, although he's fallen off just a tad bit. Um, I just don't think they have enough on offense to even try and contend with the division. Um, their defense is pretty solid, I think. Poe, McCoy, Keith Lee, still the best. Bruce Irvin, a former Seahawk, of course. And I, and I do speak highly of uh, Irvin wherever he goes. Um, Eric Reed is a, one of the better you know, short safeties in the league. They just don't have enough on offense to contend in the South. Um, that's just how I see it. I mean, Tampa Bay still got a long way to go before they even think about sniffing a division championship. And it's been a while for them to win the division championship as well. I just can't see. The clo- the, the team closest to getting even close to New Orleans is Atlanta. And that's just, that's just real as it gets. But when you win your division by six games last year, you are clearly saying to everyone, no one in the South can touch us. No one in the South can touch us. Yes, Atlanta went 4-2 to the division last year. That's all well and good. But when you lose the division by six games, you know, you got to think. Those four wins probably came against, uh, I would say, probably got one off New Orleans. They probably got two off um, Tampa Bay. And then they got one off Carolina. But when you lose the division by six games, it's a problem. And to round out the divisional picks for 2019, my division, the NFC West, I love my division. Now I'm lying. I love half my division because I still think Arizona and San Francisco are trash. Trash beyond repair. And I'm going to get my phone close to this because so I want y'all to hear this shit. Arizona and San Francisco are trash. So much so that when Stephen A. Smith calls Jimmy Garoppolo Jimmy porn star, I agree with him. Wholeheartedly, I agree with Stephen A. Smith on this one. They gave you all this money and you running around dating 40 year old porn stars. Huh? That's what we doing in 2019, Jimmy? That's how we doing it. Oh yeah, it's roasting session. And I, uh, and I did say I will get into the uh, whole Andrew Luck spiel in a minute. I should have said that in the AFC stuff, but I will talk about it in the NFC because uh, it's my show and I do whatever I want. But in terms of the NFC West, we're getting back to roasting Jimmy. Jimmy, you have nothing in that division. You have no run game. Your defense is trash. Uh, Kittle's the best option you have on offense. Uh, Crabtree, if he's still there, is trash. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to hell for all of this. Um, Arizona with Kyler Murray When And I said, I did talk about this earlier in the AFC uh, side of things with the whole Josh Rosen deal. Josh Rosen deal. Um, Kyler Murray is going to have growing pains. He's a rookie quarterback. You all know this shit. It's not that hard to figure out. He ain't doing shit when it comes to winning the NFC West. Unless some, unless L.A., Seattle, and San Francisco decide to forfeit the remainder of their games, divisional-wise, just hand them six games over to Arizona. Arizona ain't winning shit. Yes, you have Larry Fitzgerald. Cool. Yes, you have Christian Kirk. Cool. Yes, you have David Johnston. Johnson. Cool. Your old line is trash. Your defense is trash. And when you have a bad old line and a bad defense, shit ain't getting done in Arizona. So I get that out of the way. San Francisco, back to you, Jimmy G. Um, you ain't got no defense. You're playing catch up all day long. The only reason you won a game is because you beat Seattle, if I'm not mistaken. One and five. on the road. If you can't win on the road, you can't go into the damn playoffs. 2-3 in your last five to end the season. Conference-wise, you were 2-10. Non-conference, you're lucky you got 2-2. But it is between my Seahawks and the LA Rams. And I have to be objective here, I can't be a homer. The Seahawks aren't winning the division this year. I have to keep it a buck with myself. I would love to see a division championship in the NFC West. Taking back the West, crowning ourselves with the Western Division Championship. I would love it. I would love nothing more than to see LA be number two to the Seahawks. But I can't say it's going to happen. I can't say it's going to happen. LA's got too much. They still have Jared Goff. They still have Todd Gurley, was coming off a knee injury, and that may be our, unless, I mean, it, it's stuff that to go come back from knee injuries. Bad knees running my family. So, I try to maintain team, maintain my legs as much as possible. They still have Cooper Cup, Brandon Cooks. Damn, I forgot what the, oh, their other big receiver is. I'm feeling retarded right now. I kind of should know this stuff. Thank God for depth charts. Because without depth charts, I wouldn't know much. Um, but I think the Rams just have way too much. They won the division by three games last year. I mean, yeah, Cooper Cup, Tyler Higby. It was, it, Tyler Higby is a slept-on tight end. For all you goons out there who have not done your fantasy drafts just yet, Consider Tyler Higby as a solid number two. He had a really good year last year, I think. A few touchdowns, you know, definitely extended drives. Uh, Robert Woods is the other guy. Robert Woods. Josh Reynolds is going to be a sleeper um, this year. Let me see. I know they have another running back. Okay, Malcolm Brown. Eh. Blake Bortles. <laughs> Blake Bortles is the backup in LA. <laughs> Oh, how the mighty have fallen from Blake Bortles, man. Thought he was the second coming of of Jesus Christ himself in Jacksonville, and now he's the backup in L.A. Just ride the coattails of golf, Mr. Bortles, and I think you may may understand what the playoffs actually taste like in the NFC. I just think L.A. has too much. Their their offense is ridiculously high-powered. Their defense scares the living daylights out of me with Brockers, Donald, Dante Fowler Jr., Clay Matthews, Eric Weddle, Aqib Tlaib, Marcus Peters. They just have they just have too much. They just have way too much in terms of offense and defense to the point where I can easily concede at least one game to them. As a Seahawks fan, we can concede one because we usually go one and one or it, Owen Sue will we keep it super close. So divisional wise, LA wins the West, New Orleans, retains supremacy in the South. Bears will take the North. I'm going to go with the Eagles to become the new Kings of the East. Wild cards. Last year. The six teams that were in the playoffs, New Orleans, Chicago, Philly, Dallas, L.A., and Seattle. I think we're going to get the same six. Maybe different seating. But we're going to, I say, and I'm not being a homer, I just think now with shoring up our, kind of shoring up our offensive line a little bit, getting DJ, DK Metcalf, uh, Lockett's still there, and with the retirement of Baldwin, it did, fuck up a lot of things, but we, Jazz Ferguson is coming along very well. Um, two six two six three plus guys um, with speed and can definitely go for the, the 50-50 ball. Definitely does help us. I see the Seattle Seahawks being in the playoffs again as a wild card. And I can see Dallas possibly getting it. But I think it all depends on how long Elliott is out. If Elliott is out at least four games and Dallas doesn't fare well in the run game with Pollard, it could cause a little bit of problems for Dallas. That could be the difference between a couple of wins in a playoff spot or a couple of losses and being out of the playoffs. And I have to go with what I ha- what we have right now. Wildcard-wise, I am going with Seattle. And I'm actually gonna go with the Minnesota Vikings to make the playoffs this year. As long as Ezekiel Elliott is out, if he's if he's out for more than four games and Dallas doesn't start the season off, well, if they get if they get at least two and two, they have a chance at the playoffs. If they start off anything less than two and two, it's going to be a long year for Dallas, and that leads Ezekiel Elliott to get that bag. And he so desperately wants. I just right I just have to objectively see objectively see what I have right now. I think Minnesota Minnesota has the offense. Adding in Josh Dotson, I think adds a little bit more uh finesse to their offense, a little bit another weapon that they can use. I think he would be served very well, especially with Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. And if their defense can hold up, this year Minnesota And their skull chance will more than likely be back in the NFC playoffs. Now getting into the Andrew Luck situation real quick before we get into playoff picks. It's sad that Andrew Luck at the age of 29 had to retire the first three four years of his career he was doing very well for himself i believe uh he went 11 and 5 all three of his first years uh, missed the playoffs i think he went 10 and 6 i think his first year I'm not exactly sure but missed the playoffs made the playoffs wild card out out in the divisional made it to the afc championship in 2014 and lost 2015 Cam, and I believe at the same time, Ryan Grigson became the general manager of the Indianapolis Colts. And what I believe is honestly the worst decision Jim Irsay made for the career of one Andrew. Luck. I'll take some water real quick, John. This may be a little long-winded for you guys. Okay. Once 2015 started coming around, injuries came about. Uh, 2018 was his best year, one comeback player of the year. 2017, out with a leg injury, lacerated kidney, shoulder problems. And Ryan Grigson, I do blame as a majority of the blame, you know, on my end, you know, I am giving to Ryan Grigson. What he didn't do as a GM, when you know you have a player like Andrew Luck, is make sure you keep him upright. He spent all this money on, in free agency, for defense, defense, defense. Defense so much so that I heard I was listening to ESPN radio. He had the fifth most expensive at the, when he was um GMing. He had the fifth most expensive defense in the league and the third cheapest offensive line in the National Football League at one point. That tells me you were you didn't care enough about keeping Andrew Luck upright. Care about your defense though, which is good, but when you have a franchise quarterback, a guy who could possibly, could have literally been ready to win you a Super Bowl, and I really do mean that, and Andrew Luck, and he deals with injury, rehab, come back to play, injured again, rehab. That cycle over and over, like he said at the press conference. You and this, and once that came about, Grixon got they got Grixon the fuck up out of him. He did not have Andrew Luck's best interest at heart so much so to the point that Grixon has not had a job since in the NFL as a GM or any front office executive position. Period. It's saddening that a GM that we, there's a GM out there who did not give enough of a fuck about his franchise quarterback. That he cared more about his defense than he did about his offensive line maintaining Andrew Luck's health, keeping him upright. Man was getting hit a lot over the next over the last four years of his career, from 2015 to 2018. He got hit a lot, a lot. Now he's a very tough dude. I'll give him that. But it does get to a point where you get just you, you get your ass kicked so much to the point where you're beaten down so much that mentally you're broken. When we found out about the announcement of his retirement, fantasy league owners, fans, and players alike were shocked at the announcement of Andrew Luck retiring. It sucks. Honestly, they should have never. They should have never done Andrew Luck the way they did Andrew Luck like that. Should have never have happened in the first place. Andrew Luck was a special player on the precipice of possibly winning a Super Bowl for his for his franchise. Now with the fans booing at uh, the preseason game once they found out on social media because of Adam Schefter. Um, I'm if y'all, I can see both sides of it. Um, do I believe Schefter believes, do I believe that Schefter should have put that out there? I mean, he's going to report it. It's understandable. I can understand where he's coming from. Should he have? No. I think Luck should have been the one to announce it to the world. Now, the reason I'm okay with Schefter putting it out there, and I'm okay with fans booing is because this happened two weeks before the NFL season started. This literally happened two weeks ago. So I can understand the fans right with You know seeing luck retire all of a sudden out of nowhere fans i can understand why they would get upset i totally get that and it's understandable do i think do i hope you know luck does come back yes do i think he will no he is too mentally broken the last four years of his career broke him getting hit so many times dealing with injuries the rehabbing getting pain free and then all of a sudden boom I'm injured again and dealing with this this calf injury that came out of nowhere you know it 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 literally breaks you Gronkowski retired at the same age lucked did. And he even said he's mentally broken. Physically, I could play the game, but mentally, I can't. I'm too bro- I'm mentally. I'm done. I'm. Sh- I checked out. And I commend Gronk for retiring. If your heart's, if your mind's not in it, don't play. You're better off going about your business. And Gronk's still eating off that endorsement money. He has. He he's gotten so much endorsement money in terms of his salary, hasn't even touched it. He has eaten off endorsement money. He still has his health. He still has many years ahead of him to do whatever he feels like, whether it be twerking in the club because he's weird like that, or whether it be working for CBD, doing a CBD company. You know what I mean? Um, I wish him all the best in his future endeavors. As far as luck goes, I just want to, it concerns me about luck. the way Ryan Grigson did him was the, probably the highest disrespect any GM could do to a quarterback. And I, I mean that wholeheartedly. And now, one of the best players in the game was forced to retire due to the fact that he was broken mentally. That he was mentally spent. He was done. Not playing the game, he being able to play the game he loved. And he fell out of love with the sport because of poor mismanagement from the higher ups in the franchise. It is what it is, y'all. But I do wish Andrew Luck all the best. Um, whatever you may do with the remainder of your, you know, of your days, do you pivot? You got more You got more than enough money to last you 12 lifetimes. Generational wealth is a big deal. I think, you know, he's, him and his family are going to be fine. He's going to be perfectly fine with whatever he does, whether it be, anal- it be an analyst for the NFL or whether he just want to chill and just, you know, go the Peyton Manning round and do, every, do endorsements every once in a while. You know, get yourself right mentally. Get yourself right physically. And hopefully someday, on Sundays, I get to watch you on television and have you talk about the game you love. And that is going to be my NFC Divisional Winners and Wild Card Picks. It's now time to talk playoffs. Playoffs? I just hope my team can win a game. Playoffs? That's right. We're going to talk playoffs. We're going to pick our Super Bowl winner right after this. Time to pick a Super Bowl champion. And it's always the biggest pain in the ass to pick one because, well, 99% of the time we all get it wrong in terms of who will be there. But as a reminder of who I have chosen to be in the playoffs KC, New England, Houston, Baltimore, LA Chargers, and the Cleveland Browns, in the AFC. On the NFC side, New Orleans, LA Rams, Chicago. Philly, Seattle, and Minnesota. Now, the way I did my rankings is just on the top of my head how I think they they would all end up in terms of one through six. And I pretty much have it set up the way I just told you. So, KC in New England, in the AFC, will get, um, A week off KC will get home field advantage. I think KC will get home field advantage throughout the AFC playoffs. Um, I think it would benefit them to get home field advantage so that AFC championship game is in KC as opposed to England having the AFC championship game at home in New England. I think New Orleans will have home field throughout the NFC playoffs. LA will get a week off, but I think the, the NFC championship will run through New Orleans. So pretty much the same four teams that were in the AFC and NFC championships last year, they both had home field advantage throughout the AFC and NFC playoffs. At least a home game for both. I have Houston at three. Um, Baltimore at four. LA gets the five spot as the first wild card. Cleveland will be six for the AFC. So let's start there with AFC playoffs. So Houston and Cleveland. The fact that the Cleveland Browns, I think, being in the playoffs is a big deal. It's a big moment. It would be a big moment for Cleveland to get into the playoffs. The question is, can Baker, the biggest question is, can Baker Mayfield, would would Baker Mayfield be able to handle that playoff pressure against Houston? And that defense. It's going to be weird coming from me. But I think Cleveland beats Houston in an upset. I think Houston will be out of the playoffs in the wild card round. So that would be Cleveland that would leave Cleveland taking on KC in the divisional matchup. Baltimore versus LA. That would be a very interesting and fun matchup with Lamar Jackson going up against Phil Rivers. I think Baltimore can hold their own at home against L.A. and then having that home game in the playoffs definitely um, gives you an advantage but not necessarily always gets you the victory. I think L.A. Is just would be a little bit too much for Baltimore to handle. That would mean the wild card teams go into enemy territory and win. And that that's that's gonna be a crazy stretch for me if that's the case. To the NFC side, real quick: Chicago, Minnesota. I think would be a foregone conclusion. Um, Minnesota does have the good team, but I think it would be a little bit too much for them to try and go into Chicago and beating Chicago. So we could pretty much already have set um Minnesota loses to Chicago in the wild card round. And more and they would probably be playing you now, highest seed remaining. They will be playing L.A., so that would pretty much be L.A., Chicago, which leaves Philly and Seattle. Now, Philly and Seattle are playing later on this year. Oh, what up? What? There you go. Go look at that. And that was your obligatory uh, Marley moment of the show. Philly and Seattle do play later this year, and it could be. And this is, and what I'm considering a preview, possibly of a playoff matchup. Now, if I'm right, it is in Seattle. Second time around, it will be in Philly. It's weird for me to try and go against. it's it's, i'm trying very hard to be trying not to be a homer on this one and especially affiliated place seattle there'll be a lot of family tension throughout the week it's like my my sister is a eagles fan and her uh her dude is actually is a diehard eagles fan so during that week we will not speak thank god i don't go on facebook often anyway um so I won't even be worried about talking shit about uh the Eagles. Do I think Seattle can go into Philly and win? Yes. Do I think Philly can beat Seattle? Yes. I think and this is just me being objective. I think Seattle can go into Philly and win. It's not me being a homer pick. I think Seattle would have the better team, depending on what's going on. So I'm taking, and this is just me being homer for two seconds, Seattle over Philly, which would leave New Orleans versus Seattle in the divisional round and LA Rams versus Chicago in the divisional round. And then there were eight. KC Cleveland. I think it would be a fun matchup. I think it would be a very interesting matchup. Baker going into a very, very hostile enemy territory to play KC. But in the end, I don't think they'll have enough. I think KC is just too high-powered, too much to handle. It'll be a shootout, but I think KC will have enough stops to stop Baker. I think that defense, very, very smash mouth. That's a very... And that's what you want. It's not. I think it's just way too much for. It would be way too much for Cleveland to handle. It'll be. Very, it's very nice to see Cleveland. Back, it would be very nice to see Cleveland back in the playoffs. But once they get past uh, Houston, um, going into KC is a foregone conclusion. A very big foregone conclusion, which leads, which then brings KC. To the A back to the AFC Championship. New England, Los Angeles Chargers. Anytime Rivers goes up against Brady, Rivers hasn't gotten the job done. Do I think can I do I think the Chargers can beat the Patriots in New England? I do. Anybody can be beaten on any given day, and a lot of people are poo pooing New England because of the fact that they just had Edelman and Gronkowski's gone, all this shit, and they don't think New England can make it back to the Super Bowl and rookie. Neither do I. The question is, how far can New England go? I'm gonna take a flyer, a huge flyer, and I may regret this. because if this ever gets back to Tom Brady, he's probably gonna make me regret it. But I'm going with the upset, and I'm going with LA to beat to go into New England and get and earn their spot in the AFC Championship against the Kansas City Chiefs, a rivalry game of epic proportions with a Super Bowl spot on the line. On the NFC side, divisional round. New Orleans, Seattle. The last time I saw Seattle, New Orleans was Beastquake. This ain't Beastquake. New Orleans is too good Their defense can handle you for four quarters if you allow it. And Russell Wilson, with the offense he has right now, I don't think they're tailor-made for a shootout with New Orleans. New Orleans is tailor-made for a shootout. I really do. I think think New Orleans is tailor-made for a shootout, and Seattle won't have enough to beat New Orleans in New Orleans, in the Dome. So, Kate. Okay, so that means New Orleans is going back to the NFC Championship and staying home for the AFC champ, NFC Championship. I should say. LA and Chicago with a spot in the NFC Championship on the line. This, I think would be, this would probably be the best game of the playoffs. Golf versus Trubisky. Trubisky trying to go into LA taking on that high-powered Rams offense and that high-powered Rams defense, Chicago with the defense they have, could he pull it off? On this day, I don't think it's going to be enough. I think we're going to get a rematch of last year's NFC Championship with L.A. Rams going back to L.A at the scene of the crime of the most egregious PI non-call in the history of of the sport. Which leads us to the AFC and NFC championships. This is a tough one. Because the way I have it, it could be an all-LA Super Bowl in Miami. That could be a lit Super Bowl. You could get chargers saints that would be an interesting super bowl rivers finally making it to a super bowl kc new orleans the matchup we most believe we should have had last year kc la a possible rematch of the crazy one of the craziest games i've ever seen i had ever seen in 2018 that shootout shit that was a fantasy player fantasy football players dream to watch that game go down Hear me? God, that was such a shootout. That was so many points. So many fucking points. I couldn't believe it. Let's start with the AFC. A rivalry. This is a big rivalry between the Chargers and the Chiefs. I think it's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be a really good shootout. And both defenses, I think, are going to try their damnedest to stop their their opponent's quarterback, I really do. In the end, though, Casey's just too much. I think Casey will have at least one or two big stops in the second half. I could see it happening. And Casey, second year in. Makes it to the Super Bowl. And it won't be exercising the demons of facing New England. But getting back, getting to the Super Bowl, I think would definitely make a strong case to say that there is no sophomore slump for Patrick Mahomes. On the NFC side, we get a rematch of last year's NFC championship. And of course, like I said, the most egregious non-call pi non-call in the history of the league which led to now reviews for pass interference uh we should have never had these reviews they should have easily called that a pass interference and it took new orleans out of their game they could have easily gotten back into some of things and still could have won that game but they were too in the moment to worry about that non-call and it took them out of their game and la went to the super bowl instead of new orleans I think this time around. What? What? You don't, what? You, what? What do you think? You don't, you don't like, I know you didn't like that call, did you? I know you didn't like that call. That was a bad call. Yeah, I know. That was a bad call. Yeah, you didn't like that either, did you? I know you did not. Marley likes football just like as much as I do. And she hated that call, by the way. So much show, she looked up at the TV and then was just like, this is bullshit. Went back to sleep. I think they get their revenge. I think New Orleans gets their revenge. And I think they beat, this time, they beat LA handily. I think they beat them. I think they beat them outright. I think they beat them by 14 points. I think they definitely beat them by two scores and just shut up Everybody. I think that's the way it goes. So, Super Bowl. Let me take a sip of water real quick before we get into the pool. Super Bowl 54, I believe, will be the Kansas City Chiefs and the New Orleans Saints. Two high-powered offenses, two defenses that can really go toe-for-toe. This is going to be a 12 round championship fight. If this does go down the way I think it's going to go down. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a it's going to be a shootout. This is going to be one of those things where fans are going to want to see the shootout. With the offenses that they have, it's tailor made for a shootout. Camara, Murray, Hill, Kelsey, Damian Williams, Michael Thomas. Jared Cook, you got so much there, so many X factors that you could really, really see a huge shootout, big one of the biggest shootouts in the history of the league in terms of a Super Bowl. But who comes out on top? Who will reign supreme? Who wins Super Bowl Fifty Four? Who will win the championship in the one hundred to end the hundredth season? of the NFL I'm going to give it to the Kansas City Chiefs I'm usually all and I'm, I'm pro NFC all day every day I really am but I think Casey has enough to win a championship if their defense holds up and if their offense stays healthy into the playoffs i think that kc and especially getting that that bye week in the playoffs is everything getting home field advantage is even bigger i think that will benefit kc the most both teams will come out can easily come into this unscathed But in the end, I think the Kansas City Chiefs have more than enough to win a Super Bowl championship this year. And that is my pick for this season. I'm going with the Kansas City Chiefs to win Super Bowl 54. I may regret it, (laughs) and I could be wrong, but I think right now Casey has everything they need to get a world championship and bring some love and lombardi trophy back to kansas city and mahomes is going to be looked at as a fucking god amongst chiefs nation and that ladies and gentlemen is going to be the end for episode five of outside the ropes Thank you so much for taking time out of your day, your night, your afternoon, your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the podcast. I greatly, truly appreciate it. If you enjoyed this episode, do not hesitate to tell a friend to tell a friend about not only outside the ropes, not only the secret files, but the Young Lions perspective as well. Share it across all your social media, your Instagram, your Facebook, and your Twitter. And let the people know that, you know, now that it's football season, the young lions perspective is your alternative for professional wrestling podcast and sports talk and everything else and that we are here to stay now if you do not have the anchor app don't worry relax take a breath i got y'all you can you know rest assured that you can find several different platforms that this podcast is on including apple podcast google podcast stitcher radio Radio Public, Overcast, CastBox, and of course that good old Spotify fam. Search for the Young Lions Perspective across all of these different platforms. And you should have no problem finding it whatsoever. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's going on with Young Lions Perspective, just outside the ropes and the secret files, follow me on my social media at, on Twitter I should say, at Suede Senator WWI. That's S U E D E S E N A T O R, capital W, capital W, capital I. And of course, the mothership of everything that is the YLP podcast on my Instagram at Young underscore Lions underscore perspective. Follow me on both of those platforms to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP universe. Now, we get back into the swing of things of professional wrestling. I was going to do episode 102 tomorrow, but I want to make sure I take a full day um, just to ensure that I get all my notes correct, uh, everything that I want to talk about, because unfortunately, I wasn't able to get a chance to watch New Japan's Royal Quest. For some reason, uh, New Japan World, as far as I know at this very moment, has not put up the video for New Japan World. So unfortunately, all I have is to, to run on is NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff, which was a fucking great show. And AEW All Out, which was also a great fucking show. So, unless NGPW World comes out with Royal Quest over the next day or so, I'm going to be pushing episode 102 of the Young Lions Perspective back to Wednesday. Before NXT, you will be getting the good, the bad, and the ugly. That was the greatest day of professional wrestling in 2020. 19. So, guys, enjoy the rest of your Monday night. Do it as whatever you do. Um, if you're going to be watching run tonight, I hope you do not vomit or fall asleep within the first hour and a half. There will be much football talk about this season. We'll be talking about football all throughout the year for sure. I mean, outside the ropes is, is just sports lifestyle, weird, wacky news, crazy shit that we get to talk about. Um, so we'll be definitely talk about it at the NFL all season long. And until Wednesday, guys, for episode 102 of the Young Lions perspective, enjoy the rest of your night. Good luck for all of y'all in your fantasy league this year. And just rejoice in the fact that football is back in our lives for at least the next five months. Until Wednesday, guys, enjoy the rest of your night. See you!